key. Oh, you look like he was paying for it. Yeah, no, he doesn't have a key. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Good afternoon. Uh, welcome back. If you are, if you've been tuning in, welcome to live from Rabs from inside Rabs Country Lanes. Yep. Here on a, it's a nice day out there today. It is a nice, a little chilly. But it's nice and sunny, which is nice to see. Sunny, 54. I was out there yesterday. It was nice, too. Go for a walk. I hope people are taking advantage a little bit of the nice weather, as long as you are, of course, distancing yourself. From other people. From your neighbors as you're walking through the neighborhood. Uh, hey, uh, the exterminator has arrived. Hey, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so usually when Rob's not, here, not visiting us, he's been tuning in uh, to our show. So thanks, Rob, for keeping our place uh, pest-free. Uh, during this time. Thank you. <laughs> You're the best. Uh, you need someone Val exterminating. He did not pay for that, but he might pay for that another time. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to explore. Hey, you know, I wanted to share something first, because uh, if I, if while it's on our heads, we probably should remember to do it, because then we forget to do it. Uh, so, of course, you know, we've been asking you to share your uh, bowl from home uh, photos and videos, and we, we, we love so far what you're, what you're sharing with us. And uh, we've got, we got one that came in last night. Uh, it's a photo, and, and I'm ready for, I'm ready, I'm waiting for a video. Uh, this is from the Courtney family. Uh, there were some funny comments about Sarah Bowling uh, on this post, and I'm hoping that we get a video of Sarah Bowling with her boys. Uh, I think it's great. So this side of their house, uh, and they're bowling. I don't know if bowling ball, it looks a little beat up. It looks a little beat up, and it looks like there might be an obstruction in the, uh, Bull return or gutter, something's going on. If, if well, you, you could get some air, you could probably get some air if you hit, the, hit one of the, the cracks. I think that's awesome. <laughs> and she's got, and they have ten pins, unlike uh, the Salvatore. So right. we, we might have to send a few more pins over to Billy and Teresa uh, when they bowl, <laughs> so they can bowl at home. Uh, <laughs> so. You want to you want to share and show everybody else. Yep. There's some fun creative ones out there. There's some interesting things going on. <laughs> I think I might uh, do something this weekend. I've been digging around in my garage a little bit, so I might have something. So you think we get press the ball? He's gonna want to chase after the ball. <laughs> I don't know if he could. She throw the ball. And make How many pounds is your lab? He's about 95 pounds. So he's not really a lab. He's a mix. He's a mutt, really. But he's a big guy. He's a big guy. He's, a big, he's a big guy. So maybe you do this. Maybe you get a bowl. Maybe and he chases the bowl, body bowls into the pins. Yeah. There you go. He was, okay. He, he was here the other day, and I put, uh, you should make it happen. We're going to make it happen. Next week, look for a Presley. Bowl from home featuring <laughs> the one and only Presley. How old is Presley now? He's four and a half. He's cute. This kid. I was excited to see him. I haven't seen him in a while. He wasn't even giving two butts about anybody else. But oh, he enjoyed he having the parking lot all to himself. <laughs> that he enjoyed. Uh, hey, I, a quick shout out to the SIEDC. Uh, the SIEDC, the Staten Island Economic Development Corp, started a live show uh, two days a week to speak to their members about what's happening in our community, the business community, and uh, check it out. Tuesday there this morning. Uh, we've got a, we got a good show today. Yep. Yep. 
We have a super show lined up. Uh, we have a Tom Tanya Rumiper, who is a world champion bowler and a PWBA standout, will be joining us. Where is she joining us from? We're gonna have to ask her because I don't know where she is right now. She's gonna have to share. She's share giggling with us, on she's... the bottom there, so <laughs> she's gonna have to share her. Uh, where she's quarantined at. And then uh, it's Thursday, so we've now made Thursday Food Thursday, and our good friend Pam Silvestri is gonna pop in and uh, give us a little update on a weekly check-in with Pam. Uh, so we've got a lot to talk about. We're gonna talk bowling. That's all we need in, in, in the world. Bowling, bowling and, food. and food. That's all, all we about need. it. Yeah. Uh, and Flo, oh, I, you know, Flo is a big fan of Tanya's, and so that'd be, Flo had a great question for Tanya, that'd be awesome. Uh, let's, <laughs> I can't. You know, sometimes our guests, uh, our visitors, uh, love to share their uh, personal stories and comments. Hi, Tanya. Hi, Tanya. Oh, I have uh, to. I have, wait. I have to unmute you first. Now let's try that. Hi. Hi. Hey. <laughs> that that happened to me this morning on the same platform. I was talking, and then the, the person running it didn't unmute me, so I just did it. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. I have nothing to do, so this is great. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. We, we, we certainly appreciate that. So where are you calling in from? Where are you quarantined? I'm actually in Marion, Iowa now. It's kind of like Cedar Rapids, Iowa. But yeah, I'm in Iowa. Is that where you live? Do you live there? Yes, correct. I've been here since last year, 2000. 18? No, two years ago. It's been here two years ago. So, how do you pick Iowa? <laughs> it's a really good question. A lot of people are asking me that, like, why there's so many city in the United States, and I pick Wichita and Iowa. But bowling bring me to Wichita for Wichita State University, and bowling yeah, to Iowa for Mount Mercy. So, here I am in the middle of Iowa. <laughs> the middle of I, I'm not sh hey, I'm sure it's a wonderful place. Uh, we have friends out there, so and now we have another friend, Tanya's out now. So I, I would imagine culturally it's so different. Um, it's so different. Like the only thing they have in Iowa is cornfield. If you want to see <laughs> cornfield, come to Iowa. They have a lot of it. But it's just really different because I grew up in Bandung, which is two hours drive from Jakarta. And Jakarta is our capital city and it's really hectic and busy and everything. And Bandung also quite the same. And when you come to Iowa, it's literally, <laughs> I'm not saying there's nothing here, but it's just really quiet here. So since it's food Thursday, um, do you struggle with finding good food there? Uh, in Iowa, kind of ish, yeah. Like, good food for me is, of course, Asian. I love Asian food. It's anything Asian. I like it. Ramen, sushi, bubble tea. Like, bubble tea, the nearest one to my house is literally, like, 20 minutes away. So it's kind of struggling. But I cook a lot, so it's kind of helpful. And... Okay. The one thing that I surprisingly like a lot, which is nachos pizza. I never tried that before. And I don't know if it's an Iowa thing or something, but I do like it. And I try it when I'm here. So. 
Well, we're from New York. We've got the we've got the greatest pizza in the world. Yes. So we, we, I, we, yeah, <laughs> I I cannot disagree with that. New York has the greatest pizza. So. And you talk about that. Uh, but I haven't had a bubble tea in in three weeks. I haven't had sushi in three weeks. I, I'm struggling. I am. This this is hard because our my sushi place is closed. And even if I wanted to consider the the other another one, they're closed. So I, I'm struggling a little bit too. Access to food is not I hasn't been easy. Yeah. Uh, how long have you been? Uh, so it's been so it's different here around the country. So we we've been in isolation. We've been under quarantine for 16, 17 days now. Uh, what has it been like for you guys? Pretty much just the same. Um, the quarantine start, I still remember because it's the day <laughs> before uh, sectional and I supposed to be go to Illinois for the sectional, which is March 11, I believe so, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I might be wrong, but the week of sectional, we need to leave at 4 p.m. because it's only four hours drive from Cedar Rapids to Illinois. And literally at 11 p.m., we get the news that it was canceled. And since then, I've been just staying home and try to like not get out as much. The only thing that I get out is literally to the grocery store. That's about it. You were junior, uh, your last year at college, you have two years left. I actually, I will graduate in May, but I'm not, I'm, I'm as a assistant coach. I'm not, oh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not bowling anymore. I'm done with that. I was going to say my time frame is when you said that my timing, my time frame is off because uh, you had, you were uh, going back to 13, 14. When, when did you finish up in, uh, when did you take over the role as, as the assistant coach? Uh, 2018, actually, 18, 19, 19, 22, uh, 2020. And so now it's, how does that, how did that, how did that transition feel? So being a player on a team, bowling, and here you are, you're now the, you're, you're coaching. It's, I, for me, it's really hard because when I get the offer to become a GA in Mount Mercy and try to be assistant coach and help the team and so on and so forth, I'm so excited because this is the thing that I can give back to bowling. I've been there for four years. I know how, how hard it is to become a student athlete, juggling with like all the practice and traveling and homework and all stuff. So I'm so excited to like, share my experience not really in the coaching part it's like become like i was a student athlete before and to be able to share that to other people i was really excited but then when i in the role to become a coach and something like that and i found out how you cannot really be friend with them because it's a different role um there's really a lot of like fine line that you need to like okay there's the line that uh, i'm still your coach it's not your teammates or your friend and when I get more stern or angry kind of is to them they will like kind of talk back to me and I talk back to them again that's kind of hard for me and then there's a lot of time that I need to travel with the team but at the same time I also have another tournament that I can bowl that I need to choose that I cannot travel for example earlier this year for the U.S. Open class with U.S. Open uh, PTQ class with the Hoosier Classic. 
So I cannot bowl that tournament for the US Open because I need to go to Hoosier Classic is one of the biggest tournament in college bowling. So that is kind of hard. And to be in that position for two years and choose to not bowl for coaching is really hard because I, no matter what, I still want to be the one that throw the balls. Yeah. So coaching really helped me a lot. They have a lot of things that I learned and I, I can see that my self is more patient now when I bowl <laughs> because I didn't see it last time. But it's really hard now because my focus is still in me and I still really want to compete. So I'm going to take a break from coaching and going back to my competitive self for a bit. Maybe in five or six years, maybe I will go, I will come back to coaching again. That's a, those are tough decisions to make um, because you do want to probably take advantage of the opportunity to compete while you're younger and feel like you still kind of have that edge. But then when you love coaching, you know, you don't want to give that up either. So it's a tough decision. You really, yeah, you really need to choose because like in that shoes, you're also thinking about those who didn't outlet that give everything go like showing up to work out showing up to practice still juggling with their homework and everything and then i told them i'm sorry i will not be in this tournament because i need to bowl this tournament it's really hard to decide that so yeah. i feel like it's not fair if i can if i keep doing this because i like it i love coaching because it's i can learn so much that i couldn't learn before but at the same time, it's not fair for all the student athletes in my team if I leave them in a tournament. Even though it's only one or two tournaments, I still believe like I want to be. I don't want to be in that position when I already give everything and suddenly during the tournaments, like my coach yeah. cannot be there. You know, like yeah. And th and there's a handful of players that are in the same boat. So I would imagine making that decision. It, it's it's not easy. And I'm sure. And you said it. You could you have a better appreciation for what the players are going through as their coach. Cause you went through, you went through the same thing. So separating yourself, no matter even in outside of that, separating yourself from a friendship and a coach is always difficult. Yeah, uh, it's so really hard. It's even more when, when the age gap is much, when the age gap is it's much closer. closer. Yeah. yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. I, it's, that is the thing that I didn't see it coming. I thought like it will be easy, but when you need to pull one of them or something and tell them like, uh, that's not okay, and we are only different like three years. It's kind of hard. Like, why I who I am to tell them to do that? Like, you know, I'm only like three years older than them. Yeah. Uh, like, you're the boss. That's hard. why <laughs> you're their boss. That's why. <laughs> so, so Tan, you uh, grew up in Bandu, Bandung, yes, Indonesia. Yeah. So, um, what was the uh, youth league structure or you know how did you uh how did what how did you bowl when you were a kid was it a normal youth league structure like we would have here or was it different it's it's really different um that is one of the reason why i'm here uh the most question that i get when people ask me is why in state like don't you love your country because bowling back home is is it's kind of hard. It's a hard sport, and we don't have really nothing. If we're going back to like twenty years ago when I start bowling, we don't have the 
the youth league and junior gold and all stuff like in state. And I'm lucky enough that I have parents that love sport. Both of them was a national athlete before. So they love to sport and they know how sport can give to a person. That's why since I'm young, since I'm four years old, I already like do a lot of kind of sport. I was in swimming class. I was in tennis court and just to like see what I like that what my parents put me in. And then when I'm 11 years old, they introduced me to bowling. And pretty much my father is the one that come to the bowling alley every single day to train me because he was actually an ex-national coach for windsurfing. And he went to Olympic in 1998. So he doesn't really know bowling, but he is a good coach. So he kind of like learned the basic and bought those DVD and books and stuff and learning about bowling and actually teach me how to bowl for the first four years, pretty much, 2001, 2004. Very interesting. Listen, and somebody, somebody who's not not naturally athletic, uh, certainly you could do any sport if you put your mind to it and you take the time and learn it. So that's really cool. So I, I was going to ask you how you got started, but that that's incredible. What what found why bowling? What 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 made them choose bowling? <laughs> because they really want me. Uh, they really want my brother and I to go to windsurfing again. But since we are live in Bandung, which is there's no ocean near us, it's two hours away. So they tired of doing those like back and forward driving. So they like, okay, let's play another, like, let's see another sport that my brother and, and I can do. And they introduced us to swimming because my mom is a good swimmer, of course, because she is a windsurfing. She needs to swim in the ocean. If not, she will drown. So we go to swimming, but it's really hard. I don't know, like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. in the morning, and you need to like go yep. to full work. Uh-uh. Like, I, <laughs> like I'm dragging myself to do that. And then after you're done with school, you go back to the swimming pool again at 5 p.m., which is cold also, and you need to jump into the water again. And like I, I def like I love swimming. I still swim here and there, but when I'm growing up, it doesn't like interest me at all. And then tennis in the court, and it's hot, and I don't know. And then when my father introduced me to bowling, and it's inside, and you know, need to be under the sun, and I, I say, okay, let's do this. I can do this, and it's something new because in 2001, that is. And have a bowling center. So it's something that I didn't know before. I feel like my 11 years old is just really curious about the sport, like what it is. It's like a pin and a lane and a ball that you need to like, it's just something that I haven't heard before, something that I haven't really know before. That's why I feel like the interest coming from that. And since that, it's just go all go downhill, the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> so we got it. Uh, you're you're a princess that wanted to be play a sport indoors. Pretty much. I don't what you say, but yeah, but that is but, how it started, and here we yeah. are. And if I need to talk about windsurfing, but so surfing is as it will make its debut now in the 2021 Olympics, and uh, the access around the world. When you really look at a sport like that, you don't have access to your point. You don't have access to it around the world. Everywhere. So it'll be interesting to see how many 
countries truly field some sort of surfing team or, or how many athletes are going to come out and compete because uh, it's got to be a small it's going to have to be a relatively small amount you think about the coastal countries that have access to it even the united states you know it's predominantly a west coast sport yeah. so well it, it'll just be interesting to see how that how that plays out so you, you i would imagine your, your super super strong legs are help on the bowling lanes <laughs> hey Nez, remember the list of things that yes, we learned? Yes, I do. <laughs> it's all right. It's only episode thirteen. We still have twenty-eight days to go, guys. Oh, we'll yeah, you're right. <laughs> we'll, we'll have. We should have it all down pat by then. Oh. So, you, you, your father had to have some. Your parents had to be somewhat so proud of proud of the moment that you made Team Indonesia. Representing the country on the world stage and something that he had the opportunity to do, right? As it, uh, so, what is it to see your child uh, go through that? What kind of, what does that mean to what, what does that mean to them? Okay, this is something that people might think I'm loving or something like that, but my father is the hardest human being in this planet. The hardest human being on this planet. I know he loved me. Thank God it's 1 a.m. back home. So he will not like listen to <laughs> right the second. But he is the hardest human being in the planet because he never showed it to me at all. I know down he is so proud of me. And I know my parents proud and so on and so forth but he just never show it he always he always show it that there's something that i can do more it doesn't matter when i get selected in 2005 which is i'm 15 years old to be joining the national team for sea game in philippine and he was there he supported with me at ball good i didn't win any medal for first one and he was like good job but then the next day he will just like go back to the lane and yes. has to do and never really really showing it and then when i win the first gold in 2007 and he was like well done i proud you love of you like love you and then the next day the same thing there's another test we need to go to world youth and it's keep going and it's struggle like when i was in like 17 18 years old my mom is told a different story. My mom was like, oh my God, my <laughs> like that is all a different story. Um, but yes, it's my dad's like that, like all all the night that I feel like hard and I we need to go back there again and so on and so forth. And I thought like, maybe when I'm getting like 17 years old, my dad will leave me alone. Like 17 years old, it's like the sweet 16. We don't have sweet 16. We are like, we have like sweet 17. And like, nope, it's still doing, like, it's still coming. I was like, okay, maybe when I'm 21, that I'm a grown up woman and my dad will leave me alone. It's like, nope, until today, is there's always something that he always critic and he always, you know, like he never really showing it to me, but I know that both of them proud of me and I'm proud of myself where I am right now, but he always pushed me to be better each day. and just never be satisfied with I have. So you have the typical Asian parents. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> do, you look, do you see that I'm like, I'm the most like, I'm Asian. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah. 
that's, but when you think about your dad, though, that's that, but that's culturally too. Yeah, not only culturally. There were a lot of uh, parents whose uh, kids are involved in sports, and you know, I, I think that some parents coach from a place of they don't want you to be complacent. You know, maybe your father didn't want you to go. Oh, I got here. This is good. He always wanted to show you there was more. There's yeah. always more, and you can always be better. Sometimes not so easy as a kid, maybe dealing with that. But, you know, we get through it. And like you said, you've come to terms with that. You know inside that you're proud of yourself and that he's proud of you too. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing that I hope like people that watch and have a kids that ball in junior gold or they have kids out there that are watching this, that have mm -hmm. a dad like I do, still i didn't learn this until pretty much like three years ago even though the intention of our parents is always 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 want the daughter or the son to be the best but at the same time we are at we are as human being we have our own mind and my mental game was so weak it's just because i think for so long that i'm not good enough it's just it's not because my dad tell me I'm not good enough. He never tell me I'm not good enough. He just keep telling me like, you need to be better at this. You can still do this. This is another test. But I'm telling myself that I'm never good enough. Like when I first come out in PWBA in 2016, I was like, why I'm here? Like this, this is, I'm scared. I want to win. I want to prove. I want to do all those stuff. And I have that mindset because I keep telling myself that I'm not good enough. So it's just need to like, that's one thing that I learned for the past two years that how you tell to yourself also is, it's really important. That's a great point. Very good point. That's good advice. So all the, everybody listening, take, take that, take that with you and, and, and know that uh, that's, that's speaking from the heart. Hey, so we're, so hopefully now when you win a PWBA tour title, Dad'll say there's always going to be that. Well, when when are you going to win the next one, right? So there's just the next one, and then the major. So you know that in your head. So talk about your experience on the bowling on tour. So you've got one top four finish. Uh, you've 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 been bowling overall. You have a you've, you've got a great career out there. How does that feel? How does feel is literally for the last three years. I've been trying so hard to fix my mind and my mental game. Just being on the PWA tour to being out of the lane every single week for 12 weeks straight, competing with the best of the best and trying to not beat yourself there you are sucks. I'm sorry for the language, but <laughs> yeah, okay. it's okay. <laughs> but that is pretty much how I can get better because yes, I can throw it better I can be more consistent. I can learn to make my my legs stronger. I can use my legs stronger. I can learn different tools. I can learn different. There are so many things that I can learn, but I am good enough. Like I know that. Like my resume speak for that. Why I haven't got the title yet? It's not on my physical game, and I'm like in in denial for so long like my mind is not strong enough i always fix them myself so being in the tour for the last three years 
and being able to really sink in and see what is my, I'm not saying like uh, disadvantage, but what the thing that is really important in my life right now as a professional bowler to get better is, is for me, it's really all in my mind. Like I always, like for example, like the last year, the, uh, the, the woman US Open TV show, it takes me kind of like a while to rewatch it. And when I rewatch it and I cry when I lost, like why I'm being a victim that I just finished second in like woman US Open. It's yeah. just not my day. I give a good shot and the pin didn't fall. It's not my day. Why I need to cry like a baby and why I need to like feel like a victim. It was a good show. It was a good day. It's just a not my day. And I didn't see that ever in my 20 years of career. And but I always victim myself a lot for things that didn't go my way or for the things that I didn't strike or for the things that I didn't choke rather than to just seeing it as an experience in my life and trying to get better at that. So so do you think that a big difference between and this is on the uh, PBA and PWBA, the difference between uh, those who excel and those who finish in fifth and sixth is their mental game is that yeah. i will say like 95 percent definitely because the five percent sometimes that the pattern or the the characteristics the car the, the characteristics of the house suitable for certain player but that is only five percent of it like i do believe it's your mental toughness and how you see yourself truly like when people say fake it until you make it, like it's it's not a joke for me. It's literally like how you see yourself and how you see yourself to be on that podium and really believing it. Because some people can just say it, but some people do really believe they're belong and they're good and they're like Shannon O'Keefe, Liz Johnson. Like no doubt, like they walk into the bowling center and they don't think they will win. They know they will. It's just <laughs> this week or next week. If this week doesn't do it, it's like, okay, I do good. Let's let's move on. Like that is it's easy and cheesy right now that I'm saying it out loud, but it's kind of hard when you are in that position and you need to believe that you can do it. It's just hard. At least for me, I'm speaking you, for myself. That's great. And uh, you will win. You will you will have that title. It'll it'll come. You're going to have your moment. You're going to have multiple moments. Uh, time will tell. You know that. I so, so Stephanie is your roommate, right? Uh, my roommate? Stephanie? No. No? Who do you room with on tour? Who do you room with when on you travel? tour? I room a lot with Danielle McQuinn. Oh, okay. Yeah, I room a lot with her. She is my travel buddy. So do you get a chance to break down maybe a little bit of your mental game? Has she been able to help you with that? Yeah, um, I'm fortunate enough that we are as, it's not just a roommate, but we also a good friend. So when I'm struggling, I always like, hey, this is what I feel, like what do I do and everything. And he been, she been like helping me a lot also with that 
and uh, I room with Missy and Carolyn Lagrain also a couple of times last year, and they've been helping me that. That have been helping with that also a lot. So being having a roommate that also your good friend is just is just a plus. It's hard on the tour and to have someone that actually care and do love you is is a nice feeling. Yeah, you you, you got to have someone that you that you can lean on for sure, <laughs> yeah. especially if. Hey, uh, before we let you go, I've got a question. Uh, I, Tell us about your proudest moment. My proudest moment? Yeah. Actually, my proudest moment is actually going to finish my master degree in two months. That is my proudest moment in my life, honestly. <laughs> and, and what is that in? Uh, strategic leadership. Exciting. Yeah, I'm pretty excited with that. And to just being able to finish it in different language than my own language is really something that I will cherish the rest of my life. Why I, like a lot of people asking me like, why not bowling? Because like my father say, there's always something again. But this one is like, it's all in my mind that I'm like, you know, that you need to do the homework, you need to go to the class and you need to learn the subject. So it's, it's something that I'm proud of. Okay, what about your, your proudest, your favorite bowling moment? Okay. my. Favorite bowling moment? Actually, winning my right now, winning my doubles in Sea Game back to back with my double partner, 2019 and 2017. We won the doubles gold medal back to back. Not a lot of people can defend that title in Sea Games, and Sea Game is pretty much a big even back home is Southeast Asian Games. So that one is pretty good. I told you is that, a, is, that what, is that a qualifying for other sports? Is that one of those qualifying yeah. events? For yes, Olympics? that one is kind of like the Olympic, but it's only Southeast Asian country. So we have Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, Philippines, Vietnam, Laos, Indonesia. So, and we have like maybe like 54-ish sport all together in one village and for almost like 10 to 15 days. That's awesome. Uh, that's every other year? That's every two years, correct. Yeah. So are you ready to defend it? Are you ready to defend your title next year? I'm, I hope so. Well, there's a challenge. <laughs> no I don't pressure, think nobody right? ever do it like three fit. I don't think so. I need to look at the record, but I don't think nobody, like no one, I don't know. I need to like call my partner after this, but yeah, no one. I don't think anybody have a trip it, but that will be really awesome. That's cool. You'll be a, a hometown hero. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Tanya, thank you so much for for joining us today. It was great to hear from you. Thank uh, you so much for inviting me. Uh, anytime. This, the 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 door is always open, so pop in anytime you want to say hello. Uh, we're going to be here for a while. Well, no. I hope you guys stay safe. I heard like New York is kind of bad and I hope everybody stay home and stay safe. We, we're trying. And so we're here with very few people in the building uh, trying to keep our own sanity, but keeping our distance, washing our hands, not touching our faces, face. which is very yeah. difficult. Yeah. Uh, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank we appreciate you so it. Much again. Thank you. We'll thank talk you. to you soon. Good luck. Thank you.
Bye. 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 She's a sweet kid. That breath of fresh air. Yeah. That's exciting. And you know, I, I love the fact that uh, you talk about somebody who's, we've had the other athletes that we've had have bowled for their countries and represented their countries. And when, when you hear anybody from, from Asia talk about representing their country and bowling for their, bowling and representing, it's just a different, it's so different there than it is here. Yep. And so you have those, those events. We've got the Pan American Games, which would be similar. Uh, but it means so much more. In, in many cases, uh, they get paid every time they earn a medal. Uh, it's very different uh, throughout the world. Yeah. So, uh, Tanya, th that was awesome, and we appreciate yeah. you coming on. Hey, uh, it's Food Thursday, and we've got a weekly check-in with Staten Island's food guru, the one, the only, Pam Silvestri. Hi, Pam. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you nice today? to see you guys. <laughs> it's gorgeous out. I can't wait to get outside and bike ride or, you know, play around with my kids. Yesterday we were jumping on the trampoline outside and my uh, stepdaughter got us these things, these big bubbles so that you can, I don't know, what, what are they called? It's like a big bubble that you can bounce around with and oh, that yeah. like fun. take some video. We oh like yeah. That'll be priceless. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, how are you guys doing? How's Janeiro doing? Good. We're hanging in there. We're, we're the studio here is okay. We we uh we're, we're just we're doing what we can. Yep. Uh, how are you? How are how are you holding up? Mm. Okay. You know, it's it's tough. I'm starting to hear about people in the restaurant business that are, yeah. you know, they're sick, or um, people who uh, have employees that are ill, which is is a little weird. Yeah. I don't know. I know sad. It's really sad. Kind of like a make or break week for a lot of them, I think, too. Huh? Yeah, I think this is it. I think we hit a turning point on the 31st and the 1st. And uh, I, I actually put a column out today on the um, on SILive.com. It just sort of published fairly recently, so it's fairly high up in the river of information. And, um, oh, look, there's comments here. Cool. Uh, hi, Andine. Uh, nice. And then you have Flo. Okay. Oh. Andine and Flo. Flo is worried about your hair. We've been talking about hair for the last couple of days. Oh, so Flo is excited about Listen, hair. I cut my bangs. There's and something if called... anybody wants to send me a video, that'd be great on how to cut my bangs because I tried, but there's there's something called uh, a coronavirus bangs. I understand. It's like yeah, they're, they're, people they're like this, I believe. They're really high banks. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's a good job. You did a good job. You, you got to see my um, children's hair. My husband cut their hair uh, last weekend. It's starting to grow out. And um, yeah, that's it's special. So uh, I'm sure we'll all have special haircuts. My son is right here, but he will not come. Well, can I just come here? Yeah. Oh, we couldn't coronavirus. keep before. He's got the coronavirus package. Check it out. Coronavirus crew cut Thank here. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay, we're done. We saw. That, we noticed the uh, the governor got a haircut today, and then of course he made sure to tell people that he did it himself. Oh really? That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to see so, the. I, I want to see proof. <laughs> so hey, so what's happening out there today? I, I caught a little bit of your yeah. uh, of you this morning, uh, and then I I got here a little bit earlier than usual. Uh, what, what's going on in, in the landscape of our restaurants uh, the last today? Yes, the last couple of days and today. Yeah, we have um, 
a lot of restaurants closing, a lot of places. I just actually spoke with Ryan McGinley from Flower and Oak, which is in Tompkinsville. It's a beautiful new restaurant. And he decided to close. Um, you know, it's just there's no point in it. You know, he's donating some pizzas and things like that. But, you know, or planning to donate. But he's just, there's just no point in staying open. Um, and also, uh, Peter Botros, he closed three of his restaurants. That's that's a big deal. That's a big deal. But it was, uh, he closed Violet Cellar. Uh, Sophia's Taqueria, uh, the Stone House, and um, you know, it's it's really sad. I, there's like literally dozens of restaurants deciding not to continue. I had I ordered from La Rosa's Chicken Grill yesterday, and the lady who answered the phone said that the driver was terrified of cash, so they were were terrified just generally, but they wanted uh, everything on the credit card, you know. Yeah. So, but. <laughs> We saw people making that move in the last in the last week or so. Uh, Peter posted po posted a nice note last night. I happened to catch that uh, talking about hey, they're going to do some some emergency feedings right. uh, and and delivering food, but they're just not able to keep they're just not able to keep it open and do it for takeout and delivery.